0: Book 2, Sections 7 and 8 Of Constitutions of the Holy Apostles, Books 1 through 3. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Section 7 On assembling in the Church, an exact description of a Church and the clergy, and what things in particular every one is to do in the solemn assemblies of the clergy and the laity for religious worship. But be thou, O Bishop, unblamable no striker not soon angry not cruel but a builder up a converter apt to teach forbearing of evil of a gentle mind meek long-suffering ready to exhort ready to comfort as a man of god when thou callest an assembly of the church as one that is the commander of a great ship appoint the assemblies to be made with all possible skill "'charging the deacons as mariners "'to prepare places for the brethren "'as for passengers, "'with all due care and decency. "'And first let the building be long, "'with its head to the east, "'with its vestries on both sides "'at the east end, "'and so it will be like a ship. "'In the middle let the bishop's throne be placed, "'and on each side of him "'let the presbytery sit down, "'and let the deacons stand near at hand.' in close and small girt garments, for they are like the mariners and managers of the ship, with regard to these. Let the laity sit on the other side, with all quietness and good order, and let the women sit by themselves, they also keeping silence. In the middle, let the reader stand upon some high place, let him read the books of Moses, of Joshua the son of Nun, of the judges, and of the kings and of the chronicles, and those written after the return from the captivity, and besides these the books of Job and of Solomon, and of the sixteen prophets. But when there have been two lessons severally read, let some other person sing the hymns of David, and let the people join at the conclusions of the verses. Afterwards let our acts be read, and the epistles of Paul, our fellow worker, which he sent to the churches under the conduct of the Holy Spirit. And afterwards let a deacon or presbyter read the Gospels, both those which I, Matthew and John, have delivered to you, and those which the fellow workers of Paul received and left to you, Luke and Mark. And while the Gospel is read, let all the presbyters and deacons and all the people stand up in great silence. For it is written, Be silent and hear, O Israel. And again, but do thou stand there and here. In the next place let the presbyters one by one, not altogether, exhort the people and the bishop in the last place, as being the commander. Let the porters stand at the entries of the men and observe them. Let the deaconesses also stand at those of the women, like shipmen, for the same description and pattern was both in the tabernacle of the testimony and in the temple of God but if any one be found sitting out of his place let him be rebuked by the deacon as a manager of the foreship and be removed into the place proper for him for the church is not only like a ship but also like a sheepfold for as the shepherds place all the brute creatures distinctly i mean goats and sheep according to their kind and age and still every one runs together like to his like so is it to be in the church. Let the young persons sit by themselves. If there be a place for them, if not, let them stand upright. But let those that are already stricken in years sit in order. For the children which stand, let their fathers and their mothers take them to them. Let the younger women also sit by themselves, if there be a place for them. But if there be not, let them stand behind the women let those women which are married and have children be placed by themselves but let the virgins and the widows and the elder women stand or sit before all the rest and let the deacon be the disposer of the places that every one of those that comes in may go to his proper place and may not sit at the entrance in like manner let the deacon oversee the people that nobody may whisper nor slumber nor laugh nor nod For all ought in the church to stand wisely, and soberly, and attentively, having their attention fixed upon the word of the Lord. After this, let all rise up with one consent, looking towards the east, after the catechumens and the penitents are gone out. Pray to God eastward, who was sent up to the heaven of heavens to the east, remembering also the ancient situation of paradise in the east, from whence the first man, when he had yielded to the persuasion of the serpent, and disobeyed the command of God, was expelled. As to the deacons, after the prayer is over, let some of them attend upon the oblation of the Eucharist, ministering to the Lord's body with fear. Let others of them watch the multitude and keep them silent. But let that deacon who was at the high priest's hand say to the people, Let no one have any quarrel against another. Let no one come in hypocrisy. And let the men give the men, and the women give the women, the Lord's kiss. But let no one do it with deceit, as Judas betrayed the Lord with a kiss. After this let the deacon pray for the whole church, for the whole world, and the several parts of it, and the fruits of it, for the priests and the rulers, for the high priest and the king, and the peace of the universe. After this let the high priest pray for peace upon the people, and bless them. As Moses commanded the priests to bless the people, in these words, The Lord bless thee and keep thee, the Lord make his face to shine upon thee, and give thee peace. Let the bishop pray for the people, and say, Save thy people, O Lord, and bless thine inheritance, which thou hast ordained with the precious blood of thy Christ, and hast called a royal priesthood, and an holy nation. After this, let the sacrifice follow, The people standing and praying silently, and when the oblation has been made, let every rank by itself partake of the Lord's body and precious blood in order, and approach with reverence and holy fear, as to the body of their king. Let the women approach with their heads covered, as is becoming the order of women, but let the door be watched, lest any unbeliever or one not yet initiated come in of commendatory letters in favor of strangers, lay persons, clergymen, and bishops, and that those who come into the church assemblies are to be received without regard to their quality. If any brother, man, or woman come in from another parish bringing recommendatory letters, let the deacon be the judge of that affair, inquiring whether they be of the faithful and of the church, whether they be not defiled by heresy, and besides, whether the party be a married woman or a widow. And when he is satisfied in these questions, that they are really of the faithful, and of the same sentiments, and the things of the Lord, let him conduct everyone to the place proper for him. And if a presbyter comes from another parish, let him be received to communion by the presbyters. If a deacon, by the deacons. If a bishop, let him sit with the bishop, and be allowed the same honor with himself. And thou, O bishop, shalt desire him to speak to the people words of instruction for the exhortation and admonition of strangers is very acceptable and exceedingly profitable for as the scripture says no prophet is accepted in his own country thou shalt also permit him to offer the eucharist but if out of reverence to thee and as a wise man to preserve the honor belonging to thee he will not offer at least thou shalt compel him to give the blessing to the people. But if, after the congregation is sat down, any other person comes upon you of good fashion and character in the world, whether he be a stranger or one of your own country, neither do thou, O Bishop, if thou art speaking the word of God or hearing him that sings or reads, accept persons so far as to leave the ministry of the word, that thou mayest appoint an upper place for him. But continue quiet, not interrupting thy discourse nor thy attention, but let the brethren receive him by the deacons, and if there be not a place, let the deacon by speaking, but not in anger, raise the junior, and place the stranger there, and it is but reasonable that one that loves the brethren should do so of his own accord. But if he refuse, let him raise him up by force, and set him behind all, that the rest may be taught to give place to those that are more honorable nay if a poor man or one of a mean family or a stranger comes upon you whether he be old or young and there be no place the deacon shall find a place for even these and that with all his heart that instead of accepting persons before men his ministration towards god may be well pleasing the very same thing let the deaconesses do to those women whether poor or rich, that come unto them. That every Christian ought to frequent the church diligently both morning and evening. When thou instructest the people, O Bishop, command and exhort them to come constantly to church morning and evening every day, and by no means to forsake it on any account, but to assemble together continually, neither to diminish the church by withdrawing themselves and causing the body of Christ to be without its member, For it is not only spoken concerning the priests, but let every one of the laity hearken to it as concerning himself, considering that it is said by the Lord, He that is not with me is against me, and he that gathereth not with me scattereth abroad. Do not you, therefore, scatter yourselves abroad, who are the members of Christ, by not assembling together, since you have Christ your head, according to his promise, present and communicating to you. Be not careless of yourselves, neither deprive your Saviour of his own members, neither divide his body, nor disperse his members. Neither prefer the occasions of this life to the word of God, but assemble yourselves together every day, morning and evening, singing psalms, and praying in the Lord's house. In the morning saying the sixty-second psalm, and in the evening the hundred and fortieth, but principally on the Sabbath day, and on the day of our Lord's resurrection, which is the Lord's day, meet more diligently setting praise to God that made the universe by Jesus and sent him to us, and condescended to let him suffer and raise him from the dead. Otherwise, what apology will he make to God, who does not assemble on that day to hear the saving word concerning the resurrection, on which we pray thrice standing in memory of him who arose in three days, in which is performed the reading of the prophets, the preaching of the gospel, the oblation of the sacrifice, the gift of the holy food. The vain zeal which the heathens and Jews show in frequenting their temples and synagogues is a proper example and motive to excite Christians to frequent the church. And how can he be other than an adversary to God, who takes pains about temporal things night and day, but takes no care of things internal, who takes care of washings and temporal food every day, but does not even care of those that endure forever. How can such a one even now avoid hearing that word of the Lord? The Gentiles are justified more than you. As he says, by way of reproach to Jerusalem, Sodom is justified rather than thou. For if the Gentiles every day when they arise from sleep, run to their idols and worship them. And before all their work and all their labors, do first of all pray to them, and in their feasts and in their solemnities, do not keep away, but attend upon them. And not only those upon the place, but those living far distant, do the same. And in their public shows all come together, as into a synagogue, in the same manner those which are vainly called Jews, when they have worked six days on the seventh day rest and come together into their synagogue never leaving nor neglecting either rest from labor or assembling together yet while they are deprived of the efficacy of the word of their unbelief nay of the force of that which name judah by which they call themselves for judah is by interpretation confession but these do not confess to god having unjustly occasioned the suffering on the cross so as to be saved on their repentance if therefore those who are not saved frequently assemble together for such purposes as do not profit them what apology wilt thou make to the lord god who forsakest his church not imitating so much as the heathen but by such thy absence growest slothful or turnest apostate or act in wickedness, to whom the Lord says by Jeremiah, Ye have not kept my ordinances, nay, ye have not walked according to the ordinances of the heathen, and you have in a manner exceeded them. And again Israel has justified his soul more than treacherous Judah. And afterwards will the Gentiles change their gods, which are not gods. Wherefore pass over to the isles of Chittim, and behold and send to Kedar, and observe diligently whether such things have been done. For those nations have not changed their ordinances, but, says he, my people has changed its glory for that which will not profit. How, therefore, will any one make his apology who has despised or absented himself from the church of God? That we must not prefer the affairs of this life to those which concern the worship of God. But if any one allege the pretense of his own work, and so is a despiser, offering pretences for his sins, let such a one know that the trades of the faithful are works by the by, but the worship of God is their great work. Follow therefore your trades as by the by for your maintenance, but make the worship of God your main business. As also our Lord said, Labor not for the meat which perishes, but for that which endureth unto everlasting life. And again, this is the work of God, that ye believe on him whom he hath sent. Endeavor therefore never to leave the church of God. But if any one overlooks it, and goes either into a polluted temple of the heathens, or into a synagogue of the Jews or heretics, what apology will such a one make to God? in the day of judgment, who has forsaken the oracles of the living God, and the living and quickening oracles, such as are able to deliver from eternal punishment, and has gone into a house of demons, or into a synagogue of the murderers of Christ, or the congregation of the wicked, not hearkening unto him that says, I have hated the congregation of the wicked, and I will not enter with the ungodly, I have not sat with the assembly of vanity, neither will I sit with the ungodly. And again, blessed is the man that hath not walked in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stood in the way of sinners, and hath not sat in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he will meditate day and night. But thou forsaking the gathering together of the faithful, the church of God and his laws, hast respect to those dens of thieves, calling those things holy, which he has called profane, and making such things unclean, which he has sanctified. And not only so, but thou already run after the pomps of the Gentiles, and hasten to their theatres, being desirous to be reckoned one of those that enter into them, and to partake of unseemly, not to say abominable words, not hearkening to Jeremiah, who says, O Lord, I have not sat in the assemblies, for they are scorners, but I was afraid because of thy hand. Nor to Job, who speaks in like manner, if I have gone at any time with the scornful, for I shall be weighed in a just balance. But why wilt thou be a partaker of the heathen oracles, which are nothing but dead men, declaring by the inspiration of the devil deadly things, and such as tend to subvert the faith, and to draw those that attend to them to polytheism. Do you, therefore, who attend to the laws of God, esteem those laws more honorable than the necessaries of this life, and pay a greater respect to them, and run together to the church of the Lord, which he has purchased with the blood of Christ, the Beloved, the firstborn of every creature. For this church is the daughter of the highest, which has been in travail of you by the word of grace, and has formed Christ in you, of whom you are made partakers, and thereby become his holy and chosen members, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but as being holy and unspotted in faith, ye are complete in him, after the image of God that created you that Christians must abstain from all the impious practices of the heathens. Take care, therefore, not to join yourselves in your worship with those that perish, which is the assembly of the Gentiles, to your own deceit and destruction. For there is no fellowship between God and the devil. For he that assembles himself with those that favor the things of the devil will be esteemed one of them, and will inherit a woe. Avoid also indecent spectacles. I mean the theatres and the pomps of the heathens, their enchantments, observations of omens, soothsayings, purgations, divinations, observations of birds, their necromancies and invocations. For it is written, There is no divination in Jacob, nor soothsaying in Israel. And again, divination is iniquity. And elsewhere, Ye shall not be soothsayers, and follow observers of omens, nor diviners, nor dealers with familiar spirits. Ye shall not preserve alive wizards. Wherefore Jeremiah exhorts, saying, Walk not according to the ways of the heathen, and be not afraid of the signs of heaven. So that it is the duty of a believer to avoid the assemblies of the ungodly, of the heathen, and of the Jews, and of the rest of the heretics lest by uniting ourselves to them we bring snares upon our own souls that we may not by joining in their feasts which are celebrated in honour of demons be partakers with them in their impiety you are also to avoid their public meetings and those sports which are celebrated in them for a believer ought not to go to any of those public meetings unless to purchase a slave and save a soul and at the same time to buy such other things as suit their necessities. Abstain, therefore, from all idolatrous pomp and state, all their public meetings, banquets, duels, and all shows belonging to demons. Section 8. On the duty of working for a livelihood. That a Christian who will not work must not eat, as Peter and the rest of the apostles were fishermen, but Paul and Aquila, tent-makers, Jude, the son of James, and husbandmen. Let the young persons of the Church endeavor to minister diligently in all necessaries. Mind your business with all becoming seriousness, that so you may always have sufficient to support yourselves and those that are in need, and not burden the Church of God. For we ourselves, besides our attention to the word of the Gospel, do not neglect our inferior employments. For some of us are fishermen, some tent-makers, some husbandmen, so that we may never be idle. So says Solomon somewhere, Go to the ant, thou sluggard, consider her ways diligently, and become wiser than she. For she, having neither field, overseer, nor ruler, prepareth her food in the summer, and layeth up a great store in the harvest. Or else go to the bee, and learn how laborious she is, and her work how valuable it is, whose labors both kings and mean men make use of for their health. She is desirable and glorious, though she be weak in strength, yet by honoring wisdom she is improved, etc. How long wilt thou lie on thy bed, O sluggard? When wilt thou awake out of thy sleep? Thou sleepest while thou layest down a while. Thou slumber a while, thou fold thy hands on thy breast to sleep a while. Then poverty comes upon thee like an evil traveler, and want as a swift racer. But if thou be diligent, thy harvest shall come as a fountain, and want shall fly from thee as an evil renegade. And again, he that manages his own land shall be filled with bread. And elsewhere he says, The slothful has folded his own hands together, And has eaten his own flesh. And afterwards the sluggard hides his hand, He will not be able to bring it to his mouth. And again, by slothfulness of thy hands, A floor will be brought low. Labor therefore continually, For the blot of the slothful is not to be healed. But if any one does not work, Let not such a one eat among you, for the Lord our God hates the slothful, and no one of those who are dedicated to God ought to be idle. End of sections 7 and 8